Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The uh, TCM Turner Classic Movie Film Festival is uh, screening um, starting on May 6th and it runs through the 9th. You want to check this out because in addition to the broad spectrum of classic films that we all love, it's also an opportunity for special presentations, archival content, and clips from past TCM classic films. So many other things are going on with this film festival, including one of my favorite forms of cinema, something that our guest is an absolute master at, which is the the lost films, the lost thought to be gone forever or so badly damaged that they were irretrievable. And this is an area of filmmaking in which Bill Morrison excels. He has produced some of the finest films of in this particular realm of filmmaking, the Acacia, uh, Dawson City, Frozen Time, and so many others. And he's back at the TCM Film Festival for a film that he's been working on called Let Me Come In. It's based on a German uh, silent film called Pawns of Passion. That's quite a mouthful, Pawns of Passion. I, right? It is. It is. <laughs> it is for me. So with that, I'd like to w- welcome back to the program, Bill Morrison. Bill, welcome. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. And good to see you too. And good to see you working what I in a realm that, as I was alluding to, uh, you love. And um, before we get into Let Me Come In, I'm curious about this area of footage that it's, or films that have been damaged and as you resurrect them, are you still getting new sources of these kinds of films? Are you is, is the world still bringing to you or bringing to your attention these kinds of films that, that you so often work with? Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, I'm, I think people somehow um, associate me with lost films now. So I will get emails from people saying, have you heard about this one? Have you seen that one? And that I think the world is also discovering in their corners and in their attics films that had previously, you know, sat there and had not been scanned. But with the new technology now, you can scan, you can have a scanner in your small, relatively small local archive and you can make a a decent image without, you know, using the sprocket holes of the original film. And uh, it's people are wondering what they have and are scanning more and more. And so there's uh, more lost films uh, recovered all the time. I just finished a doc up called uh, The Village Detective, A Song Cycle, and it premiered last week at the Moscow Film Festival, and it'll be at Rotterdam next month, and uh, Kino Lorber will release it in North America in the fall. And that came about because the composer, Johan Johansson, who's who has since passed away, was visiting his home in Iceland uh, in 2016, and he saw on the news that a uh, fisherman had pulled up a net that had some uh, reels of 35 millimeter film in it. So he wrote me an email and said, Hey, did you hear about this one? I hadn't, but it became the basis of a new film. So, okay. um, you know, I, somehow I've, I, I've become a magnet for these kind of stories. Well, deservedly so. And with Dawson city, I mean, the, the, uh, this whole story backstory behind how these, hundreds, maybe thousands of films ended up in the Yukon and in Alaska, the area we know now is Alaska, and how that 
unfolded. I'm wondering about over, overseas. I was just thinking, I wonder how many of these films from Hollywood ended up in, you know, Uzbekistan and nobody has, yeah. has any idea that they were, were ever there. I just kind of always wonder. Yeah, I mean, following the, uh, the Dawson City model, you can think that um, that was the end of a distribution line. So if you can follow the historic end to some distribution line where that, whether that's in Siberia or, you know, Chile or somewhere at the end of the earth, New Zealand, that the films would make their way to the end and would not come back. So and they, there could be stores of film anywhere. Uh, I am interested in those stories, how, how film collected and got left behind and now has come back to us. And um, I, I continually look out for those kind of stories. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, let's talk about let me come in and how this came to you. What yeah. what sort of became, how did this become the project we know now? Yeah. You know, I mentioned that uh, I just finished this film um, based on these, well, it turned out to be Russian reels that were found in an Icelandic fisherman's um, net. Unfortunately, Johan was not with us to do the soundtrack for that film. And I asked uh, my friend David Lang to uh, compose a soundtrack. And so we worked really hard on that um, throughout 2020. At the end of the year, he told me that LA Opera had approached him with this new series that they are putting together, sort of pandemic opera series called Digital Shorts, where they were asking composers to pair themselves with filmmakers and produce short works. So David had written this new song, Let Me Come In, uh, which was based on a single verse from the Song of Songs and from the Bible, uh, which he found multiple translations of and then had sort of collated those translations uh, alphabetically and edited them and, and created uh, this sort of long extended uh, verse from this single line. Then he sent me his sketch of it and ultimately LA Opera sent me a mass recording with the soprano Angel Blue singing the song. And, and at that point, I was reminded of of this incredible footage I'd seen years before um, at the Library of Congress from this short, uh, really a silent feature length film called uh, Pawns of Passion from 1928. My relationship with the Library of Congress is such that when they receive nitrate film prints and they find some reels that are too far gone and not worth preserving, they'll put them on a shelf for me because maybe I'll still be interested in, um, in copying them. And um, that was the case in, in this case, but many years ago, 2012 or 2013, I had the scan made and it had sat on a, as a file on a hard drive of mine at my desk, you know, for these years. And it wasn't until I heard uh, David's song as sung by Angel Blue that uh, I was reminded of this, um, this scene, uh, this woman uh, coming in, uh, she's been rescued from a, a river and uh, from trying to drown herself in the Seine. And, uh, and she's being ferried up the stairs of uh, the flat of um, an artist um, who resuscitates her, brings her back to, to life and nurses her back to health. We don't know any of that backstory. So it's a little ambiguous what, what his intentions are and what their relationship is. But I think over the course of the film, it changes many times and your who's saying, let me come into who also changes. And um, it became a, uh, in that way, a very rich and uh, resonant film for this music. Now, this film doesn't have in it what a lot of silent films used to have, which were title cards. Did well, it? it did. I just cut them out. Okay. Oh, I wasn't sure of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure. Okay. And, yeah. but, and, and also what I, what I find interesting about what you do with, with the films like this is at the time that those films would have been in theaters, there would have been music to accompany 
the, the, yeah. the and so you've done you've taken that idea and yeah. really enhanced the film experience the the viewing experience but in some ways it's very in keeping with their tradition of the original intent of showing these films in in that way Is that i would say yeah the the intent yes for the delivery no because of course that ubiquitous silent film piano music for me is just a death knell for for silent film it just uh it automatically um you think of overcranked films that are running too fast and you know this this kind of very animated music um or very melodramatic music and um i really try to get away from that so um you're right that it is in a, a long tradition of music company silent film but i'm trying to present it in a new way and and to your point that that piano sound that you're you're describing it really flattens out the experience of watching a film it, it really doesn't does, yeah. it, it doesn't give you any sort of range or much of a range in terms of 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 the presentation of the film and it kind of steers you into this sort of like i said a flattened experience of watching so yeah and, and sort of a historic like a historic experience right that you're watching something that's very old and and right. therefore is um, can, should be seen sort of uh, like an autopsy or something like that rather than a, a living experience well and i would assume that music was the music they heard in the theaters when they were watching it or maybe not maybe that's yeah, i think i think uh, that was pretty standard to have an yeah. organ or a but again yeah so. that goes to my point is it that yeah. you go and you're watching different kinds of you know an adventure film or a drama or a comedy and it's accompanied by this very narrow band of music you know that yeah. kind of goes along with it putting that aside how did you get to the turner classic movie film festival they programmed um dawson city frozen time in 2017 so that was um the beginning of that relationship and um then they would typically show a uh, restored nitrate film at the egyptian and in subsequent years they asked me to either create a new short um, out of nitrate footage or or show an, an older title of mine as as the short before that feature so the next year they commissioned me to make um, the letter and uh, the following year i showed uh, light is calling an older short of mine on 35 millimeter this year they approached me and said you know we are looking to program some work of yours how about one of your older titles and i said well i actually just finished this title let let me come in or i'm just still working on it and would you like to take a look at it and they were like sure and i sent it to them and they were like this is perfect uh, we'd love to have it on in the festival so um it just goes to having a good relationship with the programmers at tcm film festival and i'm uh, really yeah. grateful to them I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Bill Morrison. He's the director of the film, Let Me Come In, as you just alluded to. It is screening at the Turner Classic Movie Film Festival. And I suggest you check this out. And I, I will, uh, my hat's off to Turner because initially my, my impression of the Turner Classic Movie channel was we're going to end up seeing the same hundred films over and over again and it's kind of you know it's going to be kind of a it's a great of, list a great list of hundred films yeah exactly it's going to be like the what we used to call in la the k-earth you know they would play the music of the 60s and they were always right. the same or 50s or whatever it was yeah. at the time and 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 over the over the years and I, I don't know if it's sort of a demographic shift in their viewership or whatever it is they've become more and more adventurous and more and more films that are coming on you know, and off hours are really interesting. 
and, yeah. and not the normal fare that you would expect from films that are predominantly 40s and 50s era films. Even within that context, they seem to really have branched out. I'm really impressed with, and especially with this uh, with this film festival as well. Yeah, I mean, I think TCM really is run by cinephiles, you know, it's the, the people who actually care about film as an art form and, um, and, and not just as a a programming device as content, you know, they are continually, they have really good minds um, who are uh, doing the intros and uh, the Q and A's and, you know, it shows and a channel as a television channel has been warmly embraced by the film community. Well, it's great to see it. I'm so glad you're a part of it. I, again, your involvement in it is another indication of just how, how far reaching they're, they're, um, they're, they're, they're what they're looking for in terms of <laughs> well, it's, it's completely befuddling to me, but I'm very appreciative. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on this. And you just mentioned uh, the film that will be hopefully coming out soon that you're working on. What was that title again that you're Oh, the village detective, a song cycle. Yes, it will be at the Rotterdam film festival next month. Uh, Kino Lober will release it in the fall. Fantastic. I, well, I look forward to seeing it. I've uh, been working with Kino Lorber a lot lately, so hopefully I can, oh, great. can, can uh, cajole you to coming back on to talk about that one. When oh, I'd love comes. to. Yeah. Okay, Plenty great. to talk about there. Good. Great. Well, again, the film is called Let Me Come In and a terrific presentation of the film. One last question before I let you go. Sure. It, there, at, at some point watching the film, it, it there's enough of the footage that is untouched in the film. Yeah. And then for a period of time, it, there's sort of a psychedelic kind of experience yes. cinematically going on. Is that actual film or is that something that you kind of played with? I'm just kind of Oh, curious. no, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because I want to make that totally clear. This is all organic decay and all okay. that psychedelic stuff is nature's own artwork. And I'm just championing it. Okay. Mother Nature is a mad scientist. Well, I can tell yes. you. Yes. But I, I certainly uh, appreciate the psychedelic effect. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Yeah. So, well, to, to thank you. Thank you for that answer. Bill Morrison, thank you for all your work, previous work, including Dawson City, Frozen Time, and Decacia, and so many other films. And you continue to surprise us and inspire us. So thank you, Bill. Well, thank you, Mike. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Film School Radio.